Thank you, Dan and team. Welcome. Good to see everybody woke up this morning. I know we sprung forward an hour and we lost an hour, but you guys are the faithful ones here this morning. Good to see you. We are on a 10-week series. I believe we're on week number eight of this 10-week series of how to obtain wisdom. We're going through the first uh, nine chapters, 10 chapters of Proverbs. Um, During those 10 chapters, it talks about how to obtain wisdom. And then the rest of the book explains, um, uh, our rest of Proverbs uh, displaying what wisdom is, just little Proverbs and sayings of what wisdom is. Uh, But before we even um, get into how to obtain wisdom, we need to know what wisdom, uh, the definition of wisdom. Uh, Wisdom is to have the ability to know what the right thing to do in the 80% of life situations and circumstances that the moral rules do not apply. Um, In other words, is that as we're living through life, uh, we can find some answers in the Word of God. Uh, The way we can find some answers is do not commit adultery. Um, It doesn't take a lot of wisdom in regards not to commit adultery because we can look that up. The Bible says uh, you will suffer. It will not be good. It will not be healthy. It is not in your best interest if you commit adultery in the context of life. Therefore, do not do it. 20% of all the decisions we make are literally found in the Word of God on how to live. But there's another 80% out there that I've got to try to figure out how to make these decisions, and I can't, I can't necessarily even look it up. I remember when I, um, we had our child, and uh, just a little tiny baby, and as uh, we had this little tiny baby, it's like, well, what do you do with the baby? Um, do you uh, pick it up every time it cries when you put it in the crib? Do you let it cry itself to sleep? Do you not let it cry itself to sleep? Um, how do I interact with this baby to grow this baby? You look in the Bible and it's like there's no guidelines in every way that I'm supposed to act on how to take care of this baby. God just says, use wisdom. <laughs> and that's 80% of the decisions we make. Crucial decisions that we make are on the context of wisdom, or on the responsibility of wisdom. And that's why the book of Proverbs is so rich for us, is because the book of Proverbs is saying, you want this wisdom, you want this 80% to make uh, decisions that are going to be healthy for you, healthy for your children, healthy for your money, healthy for your relationships, healthy for your jobs, for your life. It's under the context of wisdom. Well, how do you, how do you uh, get wisdom? Just kind of looking back through the weeks that we've been going through this, first week talk about, the first week we talked about you need to read the Bible to understand the 80% uh, or the 20% of the rules that are in there. We need to fear God. It's the foundation of wisdom. Get in touch with reality. This reality is not the reality that we live in, but this reality is the reality of the context of eternity and the world we live in. And when we're in touch with that entire piece of reality, that is when we can start having wisdom and making wise decisions and wise choices. Respond to God's reproof. Ask for it. Trust God. Prioritize your loves or how to find wisdom. Today we're going to talk about how to find wisdom. Number one in our notes, to obtain wisdom, you must be faithful in your walk with God. Faithfulness is a key to wisdom. We're going to look at the passage, Proverbs chapter 4, 10. We'll read it, then we'll work through it and discuss it. Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instructions. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot in the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go your way. For they cannot sleep till they do evil. They are robbed of slumber till they make someone fall. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the 
first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is a wellspring of life. Put away perversity from the mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Do not let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or left, but keep your foot from evil. Number two, wisdom is not a door you open. It is a path you walk. When we look at the context of wisdom, we all want it, and therefore we want to say, how do you get it? You walk, just simply ask that question, well, how do you get wisdom? And somebody might say, well, read this book, and you'll get wisdom. Or somebody say, go to a seminar. If you go to a seminar, you'll come back, and you'll be full of wisdom. All you need to do is open this door, and wisdom will come. If you go to a bookstore, you'll see many doors that if you open, wisdom will come. It's all over the shelves. In other words, you see five steps to overcome depression. Well, how do I overcome depression? I just take these five steps, and after I do these five steps, depression is gone. Seven principles to make you a healthier marriage, or uh, five ways that uh, make you a smart person, ten techniques that make you into a great leader, or four thoughts that make you into a powerful person, or nine ways to make your wife love you. You got all these different ways that if you could just open this door, and wisdom will be granted. Wisdom will be given to you. What these are is these are techniques. You do this technique, and then you will get this product. And often when we look at the Bible, we think, well, let's uh, figure out how to get wisdom. What does the Bible say? I'll do this technique, I'll do this technique, I'll do the other technique, and wisdom will then be granted to me, but that's not how wisdom works according to that passage. Wisdom doesn't come from a technique. It comes from a lifestyle. Now, what is a lifestyle? Lifestyle is not necessarily something we like to talk about because it's not really that exciting. It's the things that you do day after day after day after day. It's a steady step by step, a consistent, repeated, sometimes mundane, sometimes boring actions that you consistently do throughout your day. What happens during this lifestyle is this lifestyle has the power to make you. And this lifestyle does make you. It works with your mind more powerful than we can possibly even imagine. What I do consistently, behaviorally, throughout the day has large impacts on decisions that I make. So just to give you a picture of what I'm talking about, wisdom does not come from a technique of I read my Bible, I go to church, I pray, I worship. Wisdom doesn't come from that technique. Wisdom comes from a consistent lifestyle of reading your Bible going to church, praying, and worshiping. Those are extremely different. The reason why they're extremely different is because we approach God, and the way that we approach God is, I do, therefore you give me. I complete, therefore I should have. I, I say, therefore this should be granted to me. And this is our approach to our Christian life. But God says, no, this is not the approach in gaining wisdom. If you want wisdom, it is the daily things that you do with me. And the daily things, and in that process of the daily things, is when wisdom is granted to you. Wisdom is not a door that you open. I read my Bible, I get. I pray, I receive. I go to church, and then it is granted to me. 
Wisdom is a path that you walk. I read my Bible every day, and then wisdom starts to grow in me. I pray every day, and then wisdom starts to grow in me. I come to church on a weekly basis, a couple times a week, and in that process of being connected with the body, wisdom starts to grow in me. It's not a door that you all of a sudden open and you get, but it's a lifestyle that you have embraced. It's a lifestyle of a consistent moondaying path that I will do this, and as we consistently do this, wisdom starts to grow. Proverbs 4.10, just going through that passage, you'll see how many times you can see that it's not a door, that wisdom and even going through life is like a path. I will guide you in the way, along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Do not set the foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evil men. Avoid it, do not travel on it. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, but the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Number three, what gives you wisdom is the small things you do every day, not the dramatic events that happen in your life. When we're faced with a major decision in life, there's some words that often um, can come out of our lips and some of the words or even things that hit our mind, some of the words and come off our lips and the things that hit our mind is, God, give me um, a sign read the story of Gideon, and Gideon asked for a sign, and, and then God gave him a sign, and then he made the right decision after the sign was given. Or you say, to God, give me a verse. That's another typical one where, God, I need to make a large decision. We open up the Bible, and we start reading different passages, waiting for that one verse to say, okay, this is the decision that I need to have now. Or God, give me a, an answer where my conscience is completely clean once I have this answer. God, give me some sort of a spiritual experience that takes place so I will completely understand the right decision. Or the last resort is, God, just give me an audible voice. I do not know what to do in this situation or circumstances, so God, I will just take an audible voice and then I will know for sure what to do in the right situation and the right circumstances. But what's God's response to give me a sign, give me a verse, give me an answer, give me experience, give me an audible voice? God's response to it is you have a sign, you have a verse, you have an answer, you have an experience, and you have something more powerful than an audible voice, according to Second Peter, which is the Word of God. It is living inside of you, and it is called wisdom. Have you made a lifestyle of going after it? Have you made a lifestyle of studying it? Have you made it a lifestyle to embrace it? Have you made it a feast that you want to eat? a feast that you want to consume? Have you made the Word of God something that says, this is not just something I do to get something, but this is something that I want living inside of me? Now we're start talking about the context of wisdom. Because when that Word of God starts to live inside of you, when the love of God starts to live inside of you, when prayer starts to be a daily practice, when going to church starts to be a consistent pattern, wisdom starts to grow. It's not a technique that you can just walk up, embrace for three weeks, and then be done with it. And then if something else goes wrong again, you just go back to it and be done with it. It is a process of walking inside of it. Proverbs 4.10 explains this to us as we work through the passage. I guide you in the way of wisdom. Guide is a consistent walk, meaning that I just don't get an answer, and then I get to leave God alone and go my way. Guide is 
God, I just want you right here next to me in every decision I make. And I want to be right next, I want you to be right next to me on every circumstance and situation I walk through. I guide you in the way to wisdom. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. How can you be guided? How can your steps not be hampered? How can you run and not stumble? It is a walking with God. It is not the door that you open to say, give this to me, grant it to me. Now that I have it, good, I'm done. I can go on my way. See, what God is doing is God is calling us to himself to consistently be with him in life. To give you the best example of what I'm talking about, we'll just kind of use an example of somebody who's graduating from, from high school. When somebody's graduated from high school, the next five years, they're going to make decisions that are going to alter and change the rest of their life. They're going to make um, decisions to who are we going to marry? What job should I go to? Should I go to college? Should I not go to college? All these decisions are going to be made. And as these decisions are going to be made, they're extremely important, and it's a good idea to have wisdom. Um, so as they are contemplating the decision, which way should I go? What should I do? Um, just give you a picture of how this works, is the decision is almost already made by the time they graduate from high school on where they're going to go and what they're going to do. And the way that the decision is already made by what they're going to go and what they're going to do is what did the last four years look like in high school? What were their daily practices? What were the steady, repeated behaviors? What was the mundane things that they consistently did all the way through high school? Because it is making them, whether it's positive or negative, or negative it is making them to make a decision and going to send them on a way. And you can even go back further than high school. Well, I was raised, and as I was being raised, I'm going through these daily practices, going through these daily things. It's making my mind more than we can possibly even imagine. So are those things positive? Are those things negative? And there you stand after graduation from high school, I'm going to go this way, or I'm going to go that way, the decisions being made by your past. Just to give you an example, I graduated from high school, and uh, when I graduated from high school, my past had a strong influence on me. I'll tell you that I grew up in a Christian family, and I loved the Lord all the way through growing up years. But I'll tell you, in the high school years, I, I uh, pulled away from God junior, senior year, I had nothing to do with God. In fact, I got involved in sin. I got involved with, ah, this world is pretty good. I need a taste of it rather than a taste of church, rather than a taste of God. And I'll tell you that any sort of practices or any sort of disciplines I had during those two years had nothing to do um, with God. And many of us can relate um, during these times. And we can even call them rebellious years. But I'll tell you, when I graduated, I had to make a decision. Um, where was I going to go? And as I was making this decision, I knew that if I made the decision in the last two years, I would be involved with the same people I'm involved with now, I'd be in the same surroundings I am now, and I would continue to have these daily practices that will continue to mold me, and I'm gonna find a wife in the next five, 10 years, I'm gonna find a job, I'm gonna find a career. I'll tell you what I did, I jumped ship. <laughs> That's why I'm in town today. Born and raised in Gold Beach, Oregon. I was born and raised in Gold Beach, Oregon. I'm like, I'm going to graduate. I said, I need to get out of my environment. It was just a jump ship. Why? Because I needed a lifestyle. I needed a practices that were strong, that were good as I'm walking towards healthy decisions in my life. So yes, I came to Western Baptist College for one purpose, to surround myself with people that could influence me for the better rather than the people that influenced me for the negative. 
Because every time that I rest inside of that negative, my mind is being built. My mind is being strengthened. Decisions are being made in that process because it is the daily walk that you make, not just a door you open. Number four, you become wise by assuming a daily set of disciplines. It's my goal to get through the um, Pacific Crest Trail in five years. It's uh, 2,600 miles, and, and last year I just did half of Washington, so it was 280 miles is, is what I hiked, and uh, I will tell you, it was my first year, so I learned a lot, and I did not learn a lot from uh, one day. I learned a lot from making one step to the next step to the next step to the next step to the next step during the 16 days that I was on the trail, and what did I learn? I learned I have the wrong shoes. I have too heavy of a backpack. Um, I have the wrong filter. I have the wrong sleeping bag. I'm eating the wrong food. During that process of misery, <laughs> I can say joy. No, it's joy. Misery, I was being educated. So I'm going to do it again. The other half of Washington, going 320 miles in the month of August. What happens? I've gained a lot of wisdom. Where from the wisdom? Where did I get the wisdom? From walking the path of step after step after step after step it is teaching me behaviors on how to do it in life, the same way life works. Proverbs 4.10, I will lead you along straight paths. Again, God is talking. Proverbs 4.26, make level paths for your feet and take only the ways that are firm. He's explaining to us that we are trained, we are led, we are educated by the paths we walk. Therefore, according to this verse, make those paths level. Make those paths straight. Make those paths healthy. Make them good. Leads us to ask the question, what kind of paths am I walking? Because those paths that I'm walking are the paths that are making my decisions in life. I just want to continue to unfold this verse by asking questions. There's three things that says in this verse that these are the areas that you want to hold on to and make these completely daily practices for the purpose of gaining wisdom said in our passage. These things, you walk in and you will find wisdom. Let's look at our application. Number five, walk with God daily is what this verse says. What does it mean? Make a lifestyle to walk with God every single day. And we're just going to look at the passage, not pulling anything out of anywhere. We're looking at the passage. Proverbs 4, listen, my son, accept what I say. In other words, if you want wisdom, this is what we need to respond to. And he gives us the explanation. I guide you in the way of wisdom, and I lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. There is a guiding as you walk if, what? You're walking alongside God. Walk with God. Well, how do you walk with God? You hear this consistently, but we'll just go over it again. It's in your notes. Read the Bible, not as something that you do to get something that's fixed, not as something that you do to get a better relationship. I'm going to do this because I want to be happy. I'm going to do this because I want a product. But may, read the Bible daily. Memorize Scripture daily. Pray daily. Worship daily. Because what's going to happen is this is the answer to wisdom growing inside of you. These things don't fix the one problem. They do not make you make the right decisions and choices. They're practices that guide you through all the problems and making you choose the right choices when they are coming. Do you see how it works? Reading the Bible is not a door. Memorizing Scripture is not a door. Prayer is not a door. If it is a lifestyle, it will grow in you. Number six, 
Walk being responsive to instruction daily. Again, this is found in the verse. Proverbs 4.10, listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along the paths. Hold on to instruction would be the next thing that you want to do every single day. Hold on to instructions. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for this is your life. John Maxwell did a seminar, and when he did a seminar, he had one person in particular that was in the front row. And this person that was in the front row was extremely attentive to everything that he said. And he had a pen in his hand, and he was writing more notes than anybody else. And the only time he even looked at John Maxwell when he was talking is when he was trying to glean something else that he could hear and then put down on paper. That person that was so attentive, this is in John Maxwell's book, that person that was so attentive to him was Rick Warren. Rick Warren has one of the largest churches in the world and probably knew every, more the information than everybody in the entire room and had more wisdom. But we could ask the question, why did he have wisdom? He just responded to this passage. I hold on to instructions. I do not let it go. I guard it well. This is my life. His ear was attentive to somebody that was teaching, somebody that was, had wisdom, somebody that was talking, and he was gleaning on to everything that we can have. He could have. Same way with lots of people in this room, people that are older. They have extreme amount of wisdom. You always got to walk around receiving everything you possibly can. You have to have a listening ear. So looking at our things of what to make a lifestyle of, listen, obey, observe, ask, seek, respond. Do not defend yourself. What you're doing is you're grabbing a hold of information all the way through life consistently. It's not something you just go to a seminar and do you get. But it's something as you walk through life, you glean from every situation and every person you come in contact with. The next thing, if you want to find wisdom that you need to walk in, number seven, do not walk on the path of the wicked. A lifestyle of sin makes you stupid. I was, uh, worked at Hillcrest Youth Correction Facility, and I talked to them often about the crimes, and this one guy was complaining in particular he says, I'm locked up for six years, and uh, the government has destroyed my life and because they put me in, in jail, and uh, his crime was that he robbed a bank. I said, well, as you sit here um, in your misery, um, do you know how many people get caught from robbing a bank? And uh, he said, no, and uh, I knew the statistic. I said, only 2% get away with a bank robbery, and 98% get caught. And you're sitting here, your life is ruined, and I'm miserable, and you're miserable, and everything's horrible for you, and you cannot stand it. Why? Did you think you were going to be the 2% that would get away? And as we continued to talk, um, we came up with the answer. The answer, as we continued to talk, was what took place is I got away with too much when I was young. I started stealing candy bars from the store. I started stealing things from people's house. I started to make this into a lifestyle. And as I started to make this into a lifestyle, it starts to make your mind to the point where maybe I can be the 2% if I rob this bank. Is that wise or is that foolish? But do you see how the consistent pattern of hanging out with evil and doing evil makes you make stupid decisions? It's in the passage, Proverbs 4. Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of life will be many. I guide you in the way of wisdom. I lead you along straight paths. 
Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evil men. Avoid it and do not travel on it. Turn from it and go away. So there is the instructions. This is just instructions from the Word of God. And if you choose to do this, here's the results. For they cannot sleep till they do evil. The person that robbed the bank, he couldn't sleep until he went after the bank. They are robbed of slumber till they make someone fall. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. There is an urge in us when we're hanging around evil and making a faithful practice of evil that I cannot sleep until something happens. It's something that aches inside of us until it's done. And what do we do as a result? We make stupid decisions, which the Bible calls foolishness. Therefore, what should we do? Daily practices. Every day, flee from temptation. Starve your appetite of sin. Stay away from sin. Stay away from those who influence you to sin. Root out addiction. Fight the lust. Don't feed your mind because it is making your mind when we are feeding our mind more than we know, more than we think. Next practice that we should do every single day is walk with the righteous daily. If you want wisdom, we need to walk with the righteous daily. Again, going back to my high school years, I knew that I needed to be amongst people that would be able to carry me, and that sounds really weak, doesn't it? But yet, it is God's formula for his church. Walk with people that walk with God, and you will be walking in the right area. If you look at um, the church in Acts, there's a couple rewards for accepting Christ. And uh, you see this in Acts 2, when you see Peter that's preaching a sermon. What he does is he gives the gospel and 3,000 people become saved. And as they became saved, he explained their rewards. Do you know what one of the rewards were? One of the rewards were you get to be part of this called, something called the church. You get to be part of this community. You get to be a part of this body. And you get to walk with this body. And you get to be strengthened through this body. And you get to love in this body. And you get to grow powerful in this body as wisdom grows. But what is it? It's God's design of putting us all together to what? To build a haven to grow wisdom. That's what the church is doing. Proverbs 4.10, again we see it in the verse. Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I guide you in the way of wisdom, I lead you along straight paths. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter, the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. The path of the righteous is the first gleam of dawn shining ever brighter till the full light of day. Is this something that you just get to walk in and then walk out of? Or is this something that we should just make it a practice to be with the body? Here's some areas that we can make it be a practice. Be a part of a church. Don't um, just come to a church to get something fixed. Don't just come to a church to get a stronger marriage. Just don't come to a church to make yourself happy. That's all technique. But make your life a part of the church. Be a part of accountability. What is accountability? Accountability is working with men and men, ladies and ladies as you walk through life. Be a part of ministries. Be a part of small groups. Be a part of recreation with believers. Make friends with believers. It strengthens us to have fellowship with each other. It gives us wisdom to have fellowship with each other. Number nine, in closing, a consistent lifestyle turns you into a person that knows how to make right decisions. 
not one great glamorous activity that takes place in your, in your life makes you wise, but just the consistent lifestyle of this is what I'm going to do is what is going to make you. Biggest decision was um, Proverbs 4.10. I just want to read the passage. Just finish off a passage. It's actually in the bottom of the passage. It comes out in closing. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is a wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and make only ways that are firm. Do not turn to the right or the left, but keep your foot from evil. That very closing sentence and that closing verse in the entire passage is, I believe, the most powerful verse in the entire passage. Because we are all starving for wisdom, we're all looking for wisdom, and we all want to make the right decisions, and this gives us a complete direction. It said, don't make a decision. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Just do what you know you're supposed to do. Turn away from evil. And what is that response doing? That response is, God, I do not know the decisions that I'm supposed to make, but you do. Therefore, I'm going to center my mind, my heart, not on making this decision, not on making this decision, but making you the center, turning away from the evil that is present and hanging on to you and you alone. And then according to this passage, God will guide, God will lead, God will direct. And if you hold on to that and you make a decision, you don't have to sit and doubt. Was it a wrong one? Was it a right one? What should I have done? Should I have done this? Should I have done this? Because if you made the decision to turn away from evil, if you think that you are on the road to a wrong decision, but you still have made a decision to turn away from evil, you are still on that road with God, no matter if you think it's right or if you think it's wrong. See, life is a path. It's not a door. You walk. The question will be, do you walk daily, consistently, with a pattern with God? Or do you use God as a system and a technique to get what you want? Those two right there are extremely powerful on how we approach God. My challenge to you is to walk daily and consistently with him. God, we just um, thank you, God, that you are willing to walk with us, that you desire to walk with us. You just reading this passage alone, God, it is amazing that uh, um, that you give us a revelation that we're on a path, but that you give us a revelation that you want to walk just right alongside us in this path. God, you proved that through the death and resurrection. You came to life as a man, and uh, you walked a path, God, that is even lower than us. You walked into situations that are more difficult than us. You made decisions, God, that, um, that were um, more powerful than decisions we're even faced with. And God, as you walked that path, God, you rose again and say, you are right next to us to make every step that we make. God, I just pray that you would challenge all of us to make you the center of our life, not on, um, not on a, um, a practice that comes, give me this, but on a, a path that says, I will always do this. God, I just pray that we will be um, a lifestyle, God, walking in a lifestyle with you, not using you for anything but. We love you in Christ's name, amen.